You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And now oh, Melissa's froze with her ha- uh, fingers on her nose. Oh, yep. great. That's yep. why I hate video. <laughs> so now I'm really going to pick my nose. Is they pick me a winner. <laughs> Not that kind of pick. Yeah. And I think All right, people what if that- I do that? There you go. Okay. Now maybe maybe that was a false start. Or maybe okay, this is how we'll start the geekiest show ever. It's just with a false start. start sure. um, you know, it's the 4th of July. We, you know, we might have a few false starts here. Who knows? But uh, um, So, yes, we've, uh, we've all survived the 4th of July. Uh, I live in South Dakota. We freely shoot off fireworks here, much to the annoyance of my wife and my dog. Well, the dog is probably okay with yeah, it. Yeah, how did Molly do with it this year? She's not too bad, uh, although I think she was a little shy about going outside to do her mm-hmm. business. We kind of had to uh-huh. have a talk with her. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> it wasn't too bad. And the weather for uh, fireworks on the 4th of July was really good. Uh, we had nice weather. The mosquitoes weren't horrible. Um, there was a, it stayed clear because it rained the Friday before and it rained the, I think the Saturday after. I forgot how much we've had rain here for South Dakota. This is weird. We've been getting a fair amount of rain this year, which means our lawn is nice and green, which means they could shoot off fireworks. So there's been years that they banned fireworks. It's gotten so dry here. You know, they were afraid of, uh, fires. So, but, uh, we had a good weather for the 4th of July. Uh, how did, uh, uh, Elisa, how did, how was the weather for your 4th of July? 90s. Okay. We had a heat wave. Um, it was so hot. Yesterday was so freaking humid. Um, then then it broke a little bit with the rain. I sent you guys a video. It was like mm-hmm. a tornado, like a little mini tornado. It rained so hard, and the wind was just whipping. Then when it stopped, it got hot and humid again, like brutally in the 60s percent humidity. Really, really hot. Today, it was uh, humidity broke, and it was only about 80 but the rest of the week is supposed to be in the 80s and 90s. Um, yeah, and um, I can't remember. I know last um, Saturday, a week ago Saturday, we went down to uh, Sioux Falls, about two hours away, our metropolitan town in South Dakota. And um, it was so warm and humid that we would get out of the car with the air conditioning running and our uh, glasses would fog up. Oh, yuck. So yeah, it was uh, pretty uh, bad there. So um, and there, I even asked how the weather was in Arizona. Same as always. Or? It's it's all triple digits. All hundreds, <laughs> hundreds. Uh, look, it's the whole thing. It's all the forget it. No, and and then just today I showed you guys we were talking about sharing each other's rain. And just after I read your message about the rain, I had just gone out and heard it like thundering a little bit. And for like about. 15, 20 minutes, it just opened up and started raining. So I think today was like our first official monsoon rain. So it's coming. We're now in monsoon season. I think it technically already started, but today was like the first day that we actually got rain in our area. Mm. But just a quick little downpour and, you know, 15 15 minutes, that was it. Just like a little tease. And then everything was dry in like 10 minutes (laughs) because it's that hot. (laughs) And then it was muggy and, oh, yeah. 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 Right now it's 80 here. It looks like it'll be, uh, yeah, 80s. High seventies most of the week here, um, and um, usually we get into our dry season about now. July it usually starts drying up, but I don't. Know, this year it hasn't so far, which means we've actually had to go out and mow the lawn. But uh, we'll see how it uh, how it goes. But uh, yeah, it's. On. I'm still not complaining because I remember this winter and I can deal with this stuff a lot easier than exactly, I deal with Exactly, Mike. Yes. Exactly. You will never hear. I I thought about you because yep. I thought yep. Mike and I will <laughs> never complain about the heat, no matter how bad it gets, yep. because it's so much better 
yep. in the winter. Yes. That's kind of like how it is here. I mean, I still bitch about the heat because it can because it's really, really hot and gets in the way. But you don't got to shovel sunshine. I do nope. not miss the snow. Nope. For as much as I'll bitch about the heat, I'd bitch about snow and I know, And I always there. feel like you can always cool down, but you can't warm you, up. Exactly. Once that cold gets in your bones, it takes a really long time to get warm. But if you're exactly. really hot and dying, throw yourself in front of an air conditioner or a pool or a mm. cooler shower yep. and you're fine. That's just it. There's always a way to cool down. And like even like when it's snowing and icing, you're grounded. Like you can't nope. go anywhere. It is just way too dangerous. Out here when it's triple threat, I mean, it can get dangerous. You really shouldn't go out. But it's not like there's something really keeping you in. Like you can go out at your own peril, but you're not going to like slide off the road. I guess I guess you'd probably pass out <laughs> behind the <laughs> wheel. That wouldn't be good. But, you know, yeah. you can go places. It's just you don't really want to. Sure. And uh, I was talking to a guy this weekend when I was doing something that we'll discuss later here. Um, but um, he was from Arizona, and he said, yeah, and, you know, it, it was the same thing. He said, you know, it's a dry heat, uh, so it doesn't feel like you're suffocating. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, you uh, yeah, better than better than the moisture. Like sure. I don't miss the humidity either. Right. Yeah. So, um, but uh, so um, you know, I'm trying to decide where to start. I think, like I say, I'll save my little tidbit here for a little bit later in the show. We'll tease people here just a little bit longer. Uh, so uh, I see Elisa has something about AT uh, AT and T PSA, and I might have something to say about AT and T too. But uh, so, what's that about? Okay, so it's just a PSA. Now, Mike, do you have, I know you have your internet through AT&T. Do you also yes. have your cell phone? Yes, and the TV. Okay. Okay. And I'm at t too, so I'm interested in this. Okay, this is for the people who have AT&T for their cell phone, unlimited plan. That would oh, be okay. me. Okay, then you might have gotten an email, maybe not, but I got an email back in May that said uh, something to the effect of, Thank you for making changes in your plan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at this going, oh, my God, did someone hack into my account? Is this legit? I made no changes. Nobody in my account has my password. Only I can make a change. So I got a little nervous. So I called them and I said, I didn't make any changes. Because, you know, sometimes businesses make a mistake. They send out an email and then a little while later they go, we're so sorry. We didn't mean to send that email to you. And I said, did you send out this email? And she goes, yes, we did. I said, okay, I didn't make any changes. And she goes, oh, don't worry about it. Nothing's going on. You're good. It's like a little surprise on your next, you know, next month. Don't worry about it. Okay. So I kept the email, waited for my June bill to come. My June bill, my bill went up $18 and change. They billed me $10 for the month coming up. And then they prorated the previous month, like $8 and change. And I called them and said, basically, WTF, like, what are you doing here? And this is what they told me. Because you're such a loyal customer and you have the um, unlimited plan, we are rewarding you with faster download speeds. I said, okay, number one, if I'm such a loyal customer and you're rewarding me, why are you charging me for this? (laughs) Number two. And I'm losing my train of thought here because I I don't feel all that great right now. So my brain is kind of scattered. I said, who said you could change my bill without my permission? Mm -hmm. And number three, if it's something that you took upon yourself to do, why would you do it in the middle of the month? 
why wouldn't you wait until the beginning of the next billing to make the bill nice and clear and everybody can understand it without having to go, why are you prorating? What's all this going on? And she said, well, it's only $10 a month. We're giving you faster speeds. It's like the amount of money isn't the point. The point is you did something without my permission. No one has come to me and said, oh, my gosh, my phone feels so much faster now. I'm downloading things faster. I said, take it off my bill. Put me back on my previous plan. And she goes, oh, we can we can do that. But I have to ask permission. I said, you can and you will. And they had to get me to some loyalty person who then had to go over my account. I was on the phone like for another, you know, 30 to 40 minutes again with AT&T. And they said, okay, we put you back. We, we put you back. I said, you better have put me back because usually when you change a plan, you can't go back. And she goes, oh, oh no, we can grandfather you. We were expecting this. <laughs> like I said, if you were expecting this, then why didn't you say to people, here's the deal. We can offer you faster downloads. It's going to cost you $10 a month, more than what you're paying now. We'll give you faster downloads. If you want it, great. Call us and we'll take care of it. If you don't, don't do anything. We won't touch your plan. Well, a lot of people don't care because it's only $10 a month. They say, that's not the point. The point is you've changed everybody's plan without permission. And now people are calling you and saying, I don't want it. So that's my PSA. Check okay. your bill. I had to well, go. Well, to use that to dovetail. God, Mike, but we're going to dovetail into to my sure. rant next because okay. it, it goes in line with that. <laughs> okay. Mine dovetails into this too. So, yeah, go ahead with yours. So I had something similar happen. I got, and this is all kind of a PSA too because the, the, the moral of the story here is like nothing's ever free. <laughs> and uh, if something seems to be too good to be true, it usually is. <laughs> You usually get screwed by it. So last week, right before the fourth, and in fact, the third, we get an email from, and our, our cable company is Cox. Now, normally, we've been with them for over a decade, for probably like 15, 16 years now. So that's quite a long time to be a cable subscriber with one company that we haven't done any dances around. I guess like we could go with a couple other places. I don't think we have Comcast that serves us in this area, but it's not like we don't have choice, but... We've been mostly happy with them. And, you know, the, the speed has been okay. And, you know, this is an old house and everything. And I've I've bitched and moaned about this over different times. But, you know, when I look back through the history, there's really not a whole lot of complaints that I have. But when I do have a complaint, I usually do have a pretty legitimate complaint. And this one really pissed me off. So we get an email saying, uh, hold on tight. You just got a speed increase, similar to kind of like what you were going through, Elisa. It's like they give you this, they, they make this claim they give you this little promise that something's going to be better and, oh, it's not going to cost you anything additional. It says your preferred internet is now 50% faster. It's part of our ongoing commitment to speeding up your internet at no extra cost to you. And, it, and then it just it's very like plain and simple. So like, you know, any mere mortal can understand this email. It says restart your modem to go faster. We promise it'll be a blast. Right there's that claim that like, hmm, this sounds a little too good to be true. Like they're giving me this, you know, more for free. And I ignored it for a couple of days. And then I guess it was uh, just, what, two days ago, I think? Not even two days ago. Was it yesterday or the day before? Because I was, I was bitching Elisa about it a little bit. I was like, I'm channeling my inner Elisa because, oh, I was getting fired up. And she's like, go get him. <laughs> yeah. It's so go, I girl. did. <laughs> yeah, we will, we will see because I screenshot everything. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a sec. 
So I click on the the email, you know, I'm like, okay, let, let me be, let's use some critical thinking skills here. Let's go see what's the catch. So I, I click on the learn more button and I go and I look through everything. There's, there's nothing that says anything about any other changes. All you got to do is reboot it. And I thought, okay, that kind of makes sense. You know, i I help clients with these kinds of problems. A lot of times, like they'll have a modem and they'll be having internet problems where th- they'll just constantly, things will be dropping out or, or it'll be slow or their mail won't work. And come to find out, we kind of like tease through their records a little bit. Oh, well, gosh, you know, you, you're paying this monthly fee and you haven't upgraded your equipment. I mean, they own it, but you're paying a monthly fee for the purposes of having the latest and greatest equipment, right? And they haven't upgraded it for like five years. I'm like, yeah, five years is a little like long in the tooth for a modem, you know? And that's the thing that kind of makes me really mad is like, why? I want to know, maybe like a listener can explain a little bit better. And that's what I, I want to kind of dive deeper into this some other time and try to research this because that's going to be my next thing. They gave me a list of, of modems to look through. I want to know why do modems not last long or routers for that matter or combo units or like, you know, what's, what's the best bang for your buck? What Where do you get the most amount of value? Is it in a combo unit or is it in buying two different pieces, the modem and the router? Some people even say that maybe the better bang for your buck, if you don't like to service the things very often, is to just pay the rental fee. But like when you do the math, I mean, you end up paying double the price. Like versus more if you than just that. yeah, more if you just that. bought your own. So for years, I mean, for fifteen years, we've always purchased our own modem and router. We've always you know just had both. Like for a while there, we just had a modem. Then we got more and more wireless devices. So anyway, what happened a couple of days ago is I followed the instructions on the email. And I thought, you know, what's always famous last question? What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> so I rebooted it like an idiot because <laughs> they told me to. So I rebooted the modem and I thought, oh, well, that'll be nice. You know, 50 percent faster. You know, we waited till we were done watching a, a movie and then I rebooted the, the router and the modem. You know, I power cycled it and I just expected it to reboot. And then I thought, oh, I'll go do a speed test later. You know, no big deal. I, I mean, I wasn't like super excited or super invested in this. I just thought, eh, big deal. It's been a while since I power cycled it anyway. I should probably do it. That People say that that's kind of like good hygiene to power cycle your, your mm. router and your modem. So I did, and the modem didn't come back online. I was like, okay. It just kept going through its like cycle of lights. You know how it does a self-test? Like the power light will come on. And all, all modems are pretty similar. They have a series of lights. They might be different colors, but it's all pretty pretty standard. The power light comes on. Okay, yay, we got power. Then the data up and down link starts blinking. Then there's like usually a, a data light. And then you wait until the little world light comes on and wait till that gets solid. Well, it would kept, you could watch it after a while. Like I had the kids do it first because I'm always tired. Like I'm always the one that has to do it. I'm like, all right, this is a life skill. You kids need to learn how to do this. So I was like, all right, sneaker net, go. So I had the kids doing it and they're like, mommy, it's not, the, the light isn't coming. And I'm like, oh, great. So I had to get up and, you know, like a cave person and go do it. So I'm looking at it, I'm watching this pattern, and I'm like, oh, it never gets past that last stage where it comes back online. I thought, that's really odd. And I just tried to be patient. You know, I don't normally get upset with these things. I don't usually get frustrated. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe it needs to upgrade its firmware. So I'm thinking maybe that's what it's doing. But then I waited, and I waited. And you know when you get that feeling, you're like, all right, something's not right. This is just not normal. So we kept power cycling. I, I, then I thought, all right, screw, I'll just take out the the router then I started like un- you know disconnecting things, like I disconnected any of the extensions, unplugged the TV, like all that stuff. And I'm like in troubleshooting mode. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, okay, let's triage this bitch. So I'm going through looking all all the lights and watching this pattern. And I'm like, okay, now I've got to escalate this. Now I've got to go and start chatting 
So the first thing I do is go to Twitter and I go to my DMs because I've been there before. You know, I've, I've had these kinds of conversations with techs through the, you know, every one of these places has their own customer care unit. So I go and I start a message there and I thought, ah, that's going to, I'm too impatient. Um, you know, not necessarily frustrated at the time thinking there's going to be an easy fix to this. Like they have to bless it from their end somehow. Reprovisioning. Finally, I've been trying to think of that word for like three days now. Reprovisioning or provisioning the modem is, I think, the term that they use that they have to do at their end, like at the central office or whatever. And so I thought, okay, maybe that's what needs to happen. So that, you know, took too long. So I thought, I'll just go into the chat. So I started a chat. And this is when I was texting Elisa in between, like waiting back and forth. And I started a chat with an agent, a customer service agent named Carol. And so she's helping me. And, you know, of course, I'm, I'm trying to, I sent her, uh, no, that was Twitter. I sent them a screenshot of my, my modem uh, status page, you know, kind of letting them know, like, hey, I know my way around a modem. I know what power cycling means. I know what, you know, I'm not an idiot or I'm not like a, a novice at this. Mm. So I'm letting them know, you know, what the cycle is doing, like what exactly is happening. I figure the more information I give them, the better they can they can help me, like help me help. I'll help them help me, right? So I'm getting them the information and she's like, well, I can't see your modem online. It's not coming back online. And then she tells me, and I'm saying she because she says her name was Carol, but you can tell like by the text that English may not be their first language mm-hmm. based on the, the phrasing. So, you know, you probably like, got somebody out in Bangladesh or someplace. I don't know. And so she's telling me that my modem, this is where I got pissed. She's telling me that my modem, it, she, she looks at my records and she can see what's registered because it's been provisioned by Cox. So she can tell the model number, the serial number, all that kind of stuff, because that gets, I guess, sent through the wires and it's on my, or maybe I might have even entered it at one time, but it's somehow registered in my account. So she can see the modem that I have. And so she cuts back with me. This was like her solution was like, she's like, well, your modem isn't capable of handling these speeds. <laughs> and we're talking about from 100 to 150, first of all. Okay, it's not that. Like, I could see if it was maybe 100 to 300. Like, if I had, like you, Elisa, this was something that, like, I didn't ask them to do. They just, like, upgraded me. Like, I could mm-hmm. see if I had chosen to upgrade and I did my research and I was, like, an informed consumer. Maybe not as much educated, but an informed consumer that, hey, you're going to need a different kind of equipment to, di- to double the speed. Like, I sort of understand that there's a bit of a throughput issue. But she tells me that my modem is over two years old and that it can't handle the speeds. And that's why it won't come back online. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, so you mean I... to tell me? Yeah. And, right. I, and I'm like scratching my head on that. Not, like, after so two, not just for two years. Yeah, for two years. Yeah. And we're talking about a difference of 50, giga, 50, 50 uh, megabits per second, right? Not a big, huge change, not double or anything. And she's telling me that my modem isn't capable and that I have to go out and get a new modem. She says, so you should replace your modem. I'm like, what? You mean to tell me I'm supposed to just drop everything all because I got an instructional email saying, we promise it'll be faster. Just reboot your modem. Not like, hey, we'd like to offer you 50 more megabits per second of speed for free. But we see, you know, based on our records that your your equipment isn't up to snuff. You know, like that would be the responsible thing to do. But exactly. that's not what happened here. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, something doesn't add up. This is not right. This is not good customer service. You're telling me that I have to drop everything and run out and get a new modem just because I followed instructions on an email saying that. Like I was feeling like an idiot, but I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 
this is irresponsible of you to, to give a customer, I don't care who the customer is, to give a, and of course, right away, I'm thinking about my clients, and I'm thinking about people who don't know any better, who don't understand, who just like, just like I did, like, oh, yeah, they said just reboot it, so I rebooted it. You know, sometimes I do like to kind of, not play dumb is not the right word, but like kind of play dumb about it, like, oh, well, what if I was just anybody, you know? And I thought, that's not right for me to have to drop everything and go have to spend money when I didn't plan on it, when I have no research to back, like I, I haven't spent enough time because that's how I am. I like to research the products. Like I have to look at the reviews and, you know, really think about what I'm going to be dropping money on. Because you're talking like at least probably I'm guessing like 60 bucks for yeah. for an average modem. You know what I mean? Like we're talking around 60 bucks. That means like I have to drop everything, run out and go drop $60 on a modem. And, you know, is it a first world problem? Not necessarily because, you know, the Internet's kind of like electricity right now. You know, we need it for so much. Nate had a paper due <laughs> by midnight. You know, and, the other, like, and the other thing that I'm thinking as you're talking about this is that how do you know as the consumer that that's actually the problem? It right. almost sounds like she's exactly. playing, you know, something. I can't be bothered trying to figure out what the problem is. I'll mm-hmm. just tell her to buy a new modem and that will solve my problem. And then I can exactly. move to the next person. Now, exactly. whether that's true, we don't know. Right. But it sounds like that could be a possibility. Right. And so that's as as a kind of from a PSA standpoint, from like an, an agitated consumer standpoint, I feel like that's irresponsible customer service to tell someone that that's what they need to do to solve the problem. So then I'm like, all right, if this is if this is true, like then I start like, okay, if this, then that. If this is true, if she's saying like it is a possibility that my my modem is old, like I looked at my records, like yeah, it was probably like it's like three years old or something. Even still, I'm like three years. They should make these freaking things out of wafers if that's the case. Like, <laughs> why are these little boxes like you look at them? I mean, they're like hard plastic. None of that shit is recyclable. That's just terrible. And that right there, the whole modem. The whole modem and router racket is like, why are these things built so with so much durability? Why the, why the fuck do they need so much durability if you're going to have to throw them in the trash? Or I mean, you can't recycle them. You have to throw them in the trash. They go to a landfill somewhere. That just irritates the shit out of me. Why are these things built like better than other cheap crap that should last several years, that is guaranteed to last? And yet you're telling me that two years, every two years, I have to upgrade my modem? It's just such bullshit. So that had me all pissed off. So now I'm like, you know, looking, that's another reason I'm going to be, you know, really diving into this consumer business of, of really looking for the next upgrade. And I know that that is a thing. Like I, like I started out saying, I've, I've helped my clients. I know that there is an issue where you do have to upgrade your equipment every so often. I know that there's a throughput issue, but it just seems like two years. That's what she's telling me. Well, it is over two years old. That just seems like a bit much. Like you were saying, Elisa, I think she was a little more like, oh, this is just go buy something new. Yeah, you know? I don't think so. I just yeah. went and I grabbed our modem because uh, mm-hmm. I now use the one through the through Spectrum because it's free. Oh, and it, okay. And yeah. it does does have faster speeds. But what I was using before was a Motorola 6141. And that's I've been, like, I used it I for maybe five. Exactly. That's, mm-hmm. this is what yep, you can see the box. that's the one I have. Yeah. Well, if you look at the back of the box, it goes up to 343. Yeah, exactly. So the one, you know, even if you got the lesser one, which is a 6121, that one goes up to 172, which is more than your 150. Which is why, and as you're saying that, I'm remembering, because I remember I went through this before, because like I just said, I do the research. I, I research this stuff until my eyeballs bleed. And I remember purchasing that model or a similar model because I thought it was like, you know, future proofing it like that it would last for a little while longer 
because they do say, you know, they do change the throughput once in a while. Every couple of years, they'll like push more stuff out. And I was thinking about that. I thought, well, I want this thing to last like a good three to four to five years, you know? I think so, I had it for about five years. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about average. Again, and it still like, works. Why doesn't it last longer? And well, it still worked. Like still I said, works. the only reason yeah. why I stopped using it is because I got a better one for free through the cable yeah. company. Yeah. So you yeah. have a good reason for that. So here she's telling me I need to go out and buy a new box. So now I'm thinking, okay, if this is true, if that's what she's telling me, then I feel like I have a leg to stand on here. Then I need to bitch about the price of the internet. (laughs) So we pay uh, around, it's like $86 and change or something like that a month for, now we have a bundle because a while ago, I think we talked about this on another show a while ago, I was forced into the bundle. I was forced to get the box again, kind of like you, Lisa, we don't have to pay anything but I never took it out of its box. Like it's just sitting back there because I don't feel like hooking it up to the TV because we don't use cable TV. We use the Apple TV or we use the Amazon Fire, the other Apple TV, and that's it. Like that services our needs. I don't feel like having a line of sight remote. I like the Wi-Fi remote because there's always a kid in the way, you know? Anyway, so we have the bundle. So we do have a cable TV package where it's internet and TV combined. And so I thought, well, and I wasn't thinking about that at the time when I asked this question. I said, all right, look, I said, this is really irresponsible. I explained to her why, just like I explained to you, the email, the claim that it made, and it didn't live up to its promise. And I thought, this is an inconvenience to me as the customer. If you're telling me I have to just drop everything, go out and go buy a new piece of equipment with no notice and no research behind me, I'm going to be spent at least 60 bucks or, or more. Probably realistically, I was going to end up spending more closer to $80 or something if I was going to get like a combo. Cause then, then I would, now I have to be thinking, well, gee, should I replace the router now too? You know, what should I do there? So I thought we should get at least a month taken off. You know, at least I was going to mm-hmm. shoot for, she said she was going to credit me $20 when I asked about it. I was like, eh, I said, really? And, and I did say this. I was like, really? $20? That's, that's the best you could do. I said, I've been a customer with you. Just, I pulled the same kind of, I, I pulled that card to Lisa. Like I've been a, a very mm-hmm. dedicated, uh, uh, customer of yours for over a decade. And that's the best you can do really 20 bucks. I said, you realize that it's triple digit heat out here. It's, and it was, it was the 4th of July. Now that I think about it, I was like, it's a holiday. I have to, you want me to drop everything, go out and spend all this money on a new piece of equipment. I said, the least you can do is credit me for a month of internet service. Well, then she came back and this was like, as we were getting through the the end of the chat, like as, as we were like, I was deciding to just kind of like wave the white flag and like, all right, I surrender. I'm going to go out and get a modem. So I said to her, I was like, you know, really, is that the best you can do? You should credit me for a month. And I said, I said to Nate real quick, I said, go look up and see what we paid last month. So I gave her the amount and I said, I said, so this is what I expect to see next month as a credit, $86 and change, right? Is that correct? And then it was like, it was like the equivalent in a digital chat. If you can imagine this, like as, as you're texting back and forth, you know how it says agent is typing, right? Yes. And then the next, the next, uh, the next question she asked was, are you still with me? Are you still there? <laughs> it was like the, when you're talking to somebody and you don't want to talk about them, they're like, you're like, yeah. sorry, I can't hear you going through a tunnel. Click. <laughs> It was like that. It was like, then she, she, the next message bubble that came through was, well, it's $55 is the internet portion. And that's what you'll see on the credit. And then it was like, I'm sorry, you know, if I don't hear from you in the next two minutes, we're going to get disconnected. And I'm trying to like text back. Right. And then nothing's working. And I go to, to click at the bottom where normally you can see where you can save the transcript or have it emailed Mm -hmm. to you. Right. Yeah. Well, that was all grayed out. And I'm like, "Mm hmm. (laughs) So I think I just got ghosted on on that whole call. Right. So that kind of pissed me off. I'm like, all right, well, 
$55 is better than $20, but still, like, I screenshotted everything, and I'm glad that I did that. So that's the other part of this P- this long-winded PSA is, folks, as you're getting help, do it over text. Because I know that people like to call people and talk on the phone, but in my experience with working with so many clients, the, the thing here to learn is try to avoid having to call on the telephone because, A, chances are you're not going to get somebody that you can understand. And I don't mean to sound prejudiced or anything, but that's usually the case because these things are outsourced and they're usually outsourced to someone where English is not their first language. And if things start to get dicey and if you start to ask for money, that's like, oh, I don't understand what you're saying. You know, it's just they pull that card and that frustrates me. B, you're likely to get disconnected with a phone call. That has happened so many times, more times than I can count, where you get disconnected And then you have to get a new agent. You have to start all over again, like before you've even gotten a case ID or anything like that. Uh, And then the third thing, see, is that you don't have a written, you don't have any written proof. There's, there's no textual, there's no documentation. So for that reason, I ask them when AT&T, I say to them, send me a text or an email confirming what we just talked about. Good. See, that's, that's the other thing of the PSA is like, ask for documentation demand that you get some kind of documentation, demand that you get it in writing. And so to kind of jump ahead of that, to not have to ask for it, that's why I like to use the chat services and actually, you know, have a written conversation back and forth, because then usually, usually there is a place where you can click, you know, email me the transcript, and then you'll have everything in writing. And that has saved my bacon, not just me personally, but it saved me when I'm helping a client go through this, because I'm usually the liaison that's helping someone navigate this process. And having everything documented where they're, you know, they might have given you like a case ID or something like that, but having it all in writing so that if you do get just connected in a chat, you can say you can reference things that was in the chat or you can screenshot it or you can somehow copy and paste information. And then the third thing is, even though there is an area where you can request a transcript, that's usually if you can get to the end of the conversation. But like I just proved in what happened to me that never happened. We got to an end of the conversation, but it was like a disconnected thing. It was like a sort of a conveniently disconnected chat. And so I was taking screenshots as the chat was progressing. So I recommend do that. Do it. Even if you do end up getting a, a, a texted or a, an email chat transcript, that's great. But you may not get to that point like like happened to me. So screenshot it as you're going if you're on a phone. And typically this does have to happen on the phone. Because if it's your modem, you're not going to get, and you're on a, a wireless device like a laptop, or even if you're plugged in on a computer, you don't have internet access. So you have to use the phone with your LTE, you know, with your with your data plan through your, your cell phone carrier. So all of this transaction has to happen on the phone anyway. So you might as well try to document it the best you can do. So what ended up happening, interestingly enough, was after I got done with that chat, I went back to the Twitter DM to see if someone had gotten back to me and sure enough they did and I started to complain about the experience that I had with the chat agent through Cox and just as I was about to say you know well I I complained I said you know this agent told me that my equipment needed to be upgraded that I complained about that I said that's not right I said something's not right there so this was like where I got the second opinion if you will and this agent was pretty good I was impressed with with this transaction next what happened then And uh, this person said, oh, she shouldn't have told you that because even if your equipment can't handle the throughput, and it was great because like they, I felt like the person who got back to me on Twitter, they must have read through, like I scrolled back and this went back to 2015, like just a direct message 
history that I had on Twitter with various different ages over time. So maybe they did their homework and actually scrolled back and looked through the conversations that we had. And they could tell that I was like a tech savvy individual. And I did feel like they spoke to me in a manner which didn't make me feel like I didn't know what I was talking about. And so he used words within the the text conversation that was like, oh, they shouldn't have told you, you know, the throughput, even if your equipment can't handle the throughput, it should still not have taken it offline. So whatever they did and whatever information they already had through the, and this is where it gets kind of creepy yet good in a way, is this person was able to, whoever they were and whatever they gleaned from my direct conversations with other techs, they must have had enough information that they could go and view my modem because then they got back to me and they said, the modem is back online now. And I I was like ready to say like bullshit because I had already been through power cycling it and I had given up on it. Well, it turns out I opened the cabinet, looked at the lights and they were right. It was back online. So somebody else picked up the baton wherever the last agent gave up on me and someone in the Twitter help picked up the baton and did something, or maybe it could have just been that I wasn't being patient enough and some, some kind of provisioning needed to occur. I don't know, but it did come back online and then it was fine. And I haven't like gone through and done to see if I could get the speed, but I just kind of assumed that, well, if they're saying that my equipment can't handle the throughput, even though it's only a 50 megabits per second difference, I just thought, I'm just happy that it's back online and now I can go about my business and now I can take the time that I need to go and research new products, you know, because eventually he said, he said that she shouldn't have told me what she told me. She should not have told me that my equipment couldn't handle it. It's just that my equipment couldn't handle the throughput, but it, it doesn't mean that I would be completely out of internet. Like it should have come back online and I just would have the regular speed that I had before, you know, like there would be no harm, no foul. But he did recommend that I pr- I should probably think about upgrading my modem because they are going to be increasing throughput and I should be ready for that. So, I mean, that was the proper advice to give me. Not like your shit is broken. Go buy a new one. You know, like you're you're screwed. Go buy a new one. And like, well, you know, I, I appreciated the, the way that he explained it to me and the way the the way that he went around it and said, you know, basically you got my modem back online. Whatever they did, I don't care. I'm happy about it. But the creepy part is like, this person never had to ask me like what she had me fill out a form, like giving her permission to like go look into my account and go, you know, look at the router, do some kind of thing from their end. This guy like didn't have to ask me to that. That's where it's kind of creepy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they didn't ask me for my pin. They didn't ask me to verify my address, all that kind of stuff. It was like, here we have this history. They just kind of relied on that. And I was good with that. You know what I mean? Like most people would be like totally creeped out with that. I was like, whatever. I'm okay with that. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like the good news, bad news, because yeah. she asked you for permission, but at the same time, yeah. she either lied to you or couldn't be bothered finding mm-hmm. out what the truth was by yeah. telling you, boom, you need a new modem, or boom, it's not going to work, instead of saying, let me troubleshoot this with you. Right. And and well, then she even if she sent out a tech in a couple of days, I'm like, anybody, even if she me said, I need a new modem, you're not going to tell me the same yeah. thing. But even if she said to you, you know, I'm really stumped, I need to talk to my supervisor. I'll be mm-hmm. back in a couple of minutes and see if, wait, mm-hmm. you know, if I can get some help. Because I've had that right. too when they don't know either what to do or if they need permission to take the next step. They'll mm-hmm. be, I'll be right back. I need to go get my supervisor. She did that, but it was only when I asked her about giving me a credit on the bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, the if there was if the they 
you know, if your modem couldn't handle it, they should have given you a reason. Like, uh, because I know that you know they upgrade protocol or something. And even though it is two years old, uh, you know the transmissions of you know the internet changes a lot, and it you know could be that they didn't have the proper you know process right, or firmware. Yeah, firmware. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they should at least give you a reason and just not offhandedly said you know there's a problem. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Elisa, you know, uh, I went back and checked my bill. They didn't, that didn't affect me. So I'm wondering, in your case, you may be in one of those areas where maybe they're trying out the 5G. Uh, right. Oh. That's and, why I thought maybe it's yeah. not with you because you would have gotten an email yeah. saying, congratulations. You know, I'd, sure. I'd have to look up and see exactly what it said. Um, but it's like, I did not. Sure. Let me yeah. see if I can. Um, that was in, let me see, that was in May. Well, thank you for listening to my rant about that because <laughs> that just really frustrated me. And so, you know, the good news is like I was able to get back online with my existing equipment. That made me happy. Whether or not they give me the credit that they said they would get me is we'll see if that happens because I'll be watching that bill like a hawk, of course. Um, I do feel like, you know, they should. And that was the other thing that I was complaining about. They should give me a credit because that was a major inconvenience. You know, that was like a real big frustration. And the fact that I am going to have to buy new equipment after only such a short amount of time, that just is such an inconvenience. And the the price is constantly creeping up there. And then, you know, it made me think again about the whole like this bundling bullshit that we constantly experience. Like she was only willing to give me a $55 credit. Why? Because that's the Internet portion. So that means like I'm paying an extra $30 for TV that I don't use, but I have to have it because that's the only way to keep the bill down under 90 bucks for the internet. You have to bundle it. And that just drives me insane. Why you can't just get a single package like that is just a single service. Well, Spectrum doesn't do that uh, anymore. Yeah. Time Warner did. You had the all-in-one package. Now everything mm-hmm. is separate. You pay this much for your internet and this much for your TV and this much for your telephone. So if the internet, I think we're paying $60 for the internet, I believe. Mm-hmm. So if I said, okay, we're getting rid of our internet, they would just subtract $60. It's not, okay, well, now you're screwed. Everything else yeah, is going to go that up. Would be nice. Yeah. So you know, right. that's, that part is good. But the thing that kills me about all these companies is they love you. You know, they oh, we're so happy that you're a customer. We love your business. You said 15 years. We've been 35 years. Wow. Oh, wow. You know, That's because amazing. I mean, it's been different iterations, but it's mm-hmm. been basically this. You know, as 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 it merges or changes names, we've never left. We've had the same. You know, the same company. So mm-hmm. even before we got married, it's the same company. So we've been we're actually 36 years. They love our business. But they're not going to give us a break. They say, yeah. I say, you give new people a better deal and you screw us. Well, we right, want to, right. I said, that, well, we want to get them to be our new customers. I said, and what about the customers like us who have yeah. been here 20 plus years with you? How many customers do you have mm-hmm. that have been with you 20 plus years with all the other options that are out there now? Right. How many customers do you have? And you're doing nothing to mm-hmm. make me stay they're loyal retained. to you. Yeah, there should be like a retention. Nothing. And, nothing. And- and to wind up our trifecta of rants here, mine is minor. It doesn't involve money, but it was just a frustration because, yeah, we've got our Internet through AT&T, and we have DirecTV, which is owned by AT&T. Well, they got the bright idea that they wanted to – let's see if I can explain this so it makes sense. I had a sign-in for AT&T, and I had a sign-in for DirecTV. 
Well, they got the bright idea that you would only need one sign-in for both. And so they wanted you to basically merge the uh, uh, the accounts. Not, not merge the accounts, but have it so that you'd have the same sign-in for both services, your password and uh, username. So mm-hmm. I followed... Uh, they said, go here and follow these directions to do that. And I'm doing it, and I just keep getting you know, errors. I end up resetting my passwords on both, and I'm getting a little frustrated. So then I call the number for AT&T, and I talk to somebody to have them help me do that. Well, the lady I got wasn't, you know, this wasn't her thing. She tried to help me the best she could. Then he, uh, she turned me over to another guy, and again, like you said, uh, Melissa, the the language thing. It was a little hard for me to Soft grasp thing. his concept, uh, his uh, accent. Uh, but I followed him through. He did it. We did get it done. And what it basically ended up having to do is, I think I had to sign up with AT and T again or create a new login through AT and T, and then everything worked out. Now it's all fixed. But I spent. 20 minutes on the phone because the instructions they had on the web wasn't clear. Um, it wasn't, and, and then you think if you can't follow it, how are other people yeah. supposed to? Yeah, because you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm the uh, geek in this town. How are normal people supposed to, you know? And AT and T's website has always been bad. They right. keep changing it. And if you're looking for something simple like, I just want to see how much it would cost if I changed my cell phone plan from what I have now to something new. Mm -hmm. So you click what looks like the cell phone plan, and then it brings you, you want to buy a new phone? No, I don't want to buy a new phone. I just Uh, want to see how much a different plan would cost me. uh And you're just clicking, clicking, clicking. It's like, WTF, just bring me to where the plans are so I can decide to keep it or change it. And that's when you go, Verizon. (laughs) <laughs> Hello. Yeah, well, and just and, getting logged in is confusing because the vernacular that they use, like, there's a passcode, yes. and there's a password, and there's like a passphrase. It's like, what the hell? Right. Is well, that know, what was tripping you up, Mike? Huh? Uh, is that it, what was tripping you yeah, up? The login a, process. The, yeah, the passcode, and I think we probably mm-hmm. set one when we switched over to yep. AT. I may have or may not have. I will plead the fifth on whether I wrote that down somewhere because I yeah, usually mine's in my one password. Me yeah. too. But you know something though, this is the thing with with them. I think one of the times I called and I gave them I gave them the passcode and mine is many digits. Mine's seven digits, and I'm reading off the number. They go, "Wow!" I said, "What's the matter?" They said, "That's a really long passcode." Uh-huh. I said. I said no, it's not. What do you mean? Well, most people only use like three or four. I said, right. I want something secure. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't 15. It wasn't like 173, 429, 87. It was. Well, you know, see that, that right there, they could have been talking about, because I, I made notes of this in my, not even just my one password, but other clients that I've helped out with AT&T, because it's the same thing that Mike's getting tripped up with. There's like I said, there's a there's a username and mm-hmm. there's a password and then the passcode is only four digits. So I bet you that people are probably doing that. They're like, oh, and that's why they get confused, because because you're being the good girl, Elisa, you're making your password secure by making it really long. But other people are probably like, ah, fuck it. And they're just making the password and the passcode which I, I imagine that they can't they they cannot be the same thing because that would just be dumb. 
No, the pass <laughs> the pass code has to be digits. Yeah, it has to be digits, and there and it can only be four of them from from what my recollection is in my notes here. But the password, I bet you people are making it just four digits because they only have want to have to remember a series of two four digit password and passcode, and then that's why they get confused because there's a difference between in AT and T world, there's a password and there's a passcode. And then I think on in addition to that, I believe that there is a, I, or maybe it's the passcode that you have to give if you call on the phone. Correct. That's your telephone passcode. And then there's yes. a voicemail passcode, and that's four digits. And oh my God, it gets so confusing. And so I've had to, and it's confusing, it's more confusing for us because we have three people on our plan one of them is which is my dad and my dad has inadvertently i love i love you dad but he has inadvertently screwed us up a couple of times because he was getting annoyed and confused and he kept he would like i i would tell him i was trying to teach him about data usage and stuff and so he would log into the app like like a good boy like i like i taught him to but he would get fumbled up with the passcode and so one time he gets sick of it and he checked the box and this is, they make it too easy. He unchecked, unchecked the box or checked the box to turn that security off. And then that pissed me off. I was like, no dad, that's how we get hacked. Like I, I want that passcode on there and it was pissing him off. So I had to make it something that he could type in easily that he could remember, not necessarily that we could, because I was trying to teach him how to view his data usage. Cause he was wanting to learn about that. And that's what was tripping him up was the damn passcode. And so when he checked it off to turn it off, then it left us vulnerable. And so I had to put it back on and say, no, daddy, <laughs> we got to have this on here. So in one have password, him, have him delete this. What's up? If this is called um, Data Man. It's Data free. Man. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's free. Yep. It's free. Well, look, it, you can get a paid one. Mine is free. If it, okay. And if you pay for it, like me, buck ninety nine. But you can set it up to it'll tell you how much data you've used. Oh, okay. So we just use the AT&T app, which, yes, is coming. I mean, if, if it's a problem where, he's, yeah. you know, things are getting messed up within your right. within the app. That would have been helpful, yeah, at the time. Where were you, Elisa, like two months ago? <laughs> 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 no, but we finally got it sorted out, and he understands. It just takes him a while, and I feel bad for my dad because it is a lot of information to throw at him. But he finally kind of understands, like, what, you know, if things are there for your for your own good. You know, it's there to protect you. And he kind of understands it. Once I changed it to something that made sense in his mind. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But that's what trips up so many people. So I'm, I'm looking at my 1Password entry right now because that's the thing I love about 1Password is you can – and you have to pay for – to be able to have these additional fields. Um, I have all the fields filled out. And so – for each descriptor, for each line item, I have what it is. It's a password or it's a passcode. This is the account number. Uh, this is the the code here. This is the phone number. These are the profiles because we have different profiles and then those profiles have their own passwords. I mean, it's just a mess because we're sharing a, a, a plan amongst family members. But just to have one person on the account is is enough, you know? just It's just their vernacular. It's the terms that they use to describe things really trip people up. So, Mike, is that what was getting you all yeah. flustered because you well, had to create a new account and all these new line pos- items? Part, uh, part of it, yeah. But, I mean, even um, – and like I say, I went through it so many times. But, um, you know, they said to uh, log in and uh, 
like I said, I'm following their stuff, and the passcode came up later, I think, when I was trying to maybe reset passwords or some blast mm-hmm. thing. But then I talked to the guy, and he said, oh, no, you have to create a new login for your AT&T, uh, and then that will merge your – and like I say, it's not merging the accounts. It's shared sign-ins between the two Oh, okay. Services. Almost like a single sign-on, but yes. through AT&T. Yes, okay. yes, basically. Um and so, right, and like I said, I, I you know, was trying to follow the instructions. I couldn't, uh, and I don't know, maybe brain fart. I mean, you know, I, like I say, I am a geek, but I am capable of effing things up once in a while, sometimes royally. Um, but, yeah, and that may have been what was screaming. But like I say, I got it sorted out. The person was helpful. Um, and then I got a survey back. I really couldn't fault the guy because I think I was – I. And I always try to be nice to people when I talk to them on my on the phone because my daughter does something similar like that for a living, and she tells me about uh, the somewhat abusive asshole she has to deal with. So I realize this is somebody's daughter or son. I'm not going to treat them mm-hmm. like crap. That's a good um, perspective. Yeah. Yes, it is. So I tried to be, but I was getting a little frustrated, uh, and I didn't think the guy knew what he was talking about. It turns out that he did. I did what he said, and it worked out. So you know, you do have to trust these people. I I have to put my geekdom off to the side a little bit and not be too arrogant when you're talking to these people because sometimes they do know what they're talking about. Um, Knock on wood, I've had really good luck with AT&T. That's why I stick right. with them. Their their data is yeah. kind of crap where we are, but it's good everywhere else. Right. And you know how everybody kind of has their like uh, their affinity for different cellular plans sure. for different carriers. I've always hated Verizon where it's like I know people love Verizon, but that's how I've always been with AT&T. They've, I've never encountered... Um, a rude or not unknowledgeable customer service rep. And that's not just me. That's my clients that I help too. Sure. I just always, I feel maybe it's just because I've always, they've always left me with a good taste in my mouth that I could always go back to them and not feel like I was going to get poisoned or something. Right. You know yeah, but I mean? when you had to call them as often as I've had to call them <laughs> yeah. with all the screw ups in my bills, yeah. right. but right. I like, like what you're saying, Mike, I know you try not to be a jerk to them. Sure. And I sometimes, when I'm like really pissed, I will say to them, I'm just letting you know at the top of the conversation, I'm yelling to you, not at you, <laughs> right. because yeah. I know the problem I'm going to talk to you about is not your fault. Right. And normally they go, okay, just right. let me have it. That's okay. No problem. <laughs> and then as long as they know that up front that I'm not, t- I'm not taking my anger out on them mm-hmm. but they yes. just happen to be on the other end of the phone and that's that's really really important and that just making that one little comment goes a long way right. you know there's a lot of times where i work with people and i almost wish they would tell me that like i'm not mad at you i'm mad at the technology you know like it's not you didn't do this to me but i do feel and maybe it's just i'm taking it personally because i don't get that maybe i just maybe i just didn't imagine or pretend that they said it to me because a lot of times i do feel because i am you know, providing a customer service, I'm servicing a, a, a client, I'm helping them out with their needs. And I do take it all on personally, like I did this to them. <laughs> like I'm the one that convinced them to to do this or to sign up for this. Or That's why I'm really, really wary of recommending any kind of third party 
apps or services or something, because if I recommend it, I've got to be able to support it too. And it really takes a lot. I mean, that's why I kind of recommend one password just because I live in it. I trust it. Like I know that I feel taken care of and I know that I can support somebody. I know that they're not just going to be like this fly by night kind of company or some of these other services. Like, I don't know if they're going to be around tomorrow. You know, I could recommend something and have somebody install something and then six months later, three years later, you know, what happens when it goes belly up? And I've like, you know, taught them to invest so much time and energy into it. So I'm really wary of doing that. It, but, you know, when they come complaining to me about something, I feel like they're complaining to me and not at me. And there's a difference. Like, I feel like I'm taking it all on because they're pissed off. I guess, I, you know, it's like my dad. He he wants to get so frustrated and blame. He just wants to blame somebody. And that's how a lot of people are. They want to blame somebody. And I almost feel like I'm the scapegoat a lot of times. Or if it's not me, it's something that I recommend. And so then I feel like I'm the scapegoat by proxy. <laughs> it's just really frustrating. And it's kind of like a stress that you have to kind of like sit with. So if somebody were to say that to me, like, I'm not frustrated with you. Or like, can I talk to you about this? You're somebody that will understand. That would go a long way to making me feel a lot more relaxed about the problem. That You know, instead of like I'm kind of You're on crouching. the defense. Yeah, I'm on, exactly. That's the perfect word. I'm on the defense. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. I feel like nothing that I say is going to make them happy no matter what. And they're always going to be pissed at me. And <laughs> like, I'm the fall guy for it. You know, it's it's frustrating. So yeah, if if, if anybody, that's another PSA. That's another takeaway I'll say <laughs> from this episode. Please be we're nice like, to your customer like service Geek people. Cab. You will learn five <laughs> things in yes. this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, our contract is up in uh, this October. And mm, I, wow, that I, went fast. Yeah, and so I want to. I think I'm going to go to our store, uh, the the store in Watertown, and talk to a person uh, rather than trying to talk over the phone. And the the young lady that helped us set this up, and, and I I will give her credit. She went out of her way. Um, mm-hmm. Because we had trouble switching from straight talk over, and she did give me a credit. Um, I didn't ask for it. She gave it to me because I had to make an extra trip to Watertown to try and get this sorted out, and we couldn't. Uh, and so she was really nice. But I think, you know, I, I think I'm going to go to the store and say, okay, what are my options when it comes to this? That's the, that's the golden question there. What yeah. are my options? Not and like, then, don't what wait. Do you do go in me? August. Go in August to give yourself plenty of time to have the conversation with whomever and then research your options to make sure that if she says you can stay where you're going, where you are, or you can take this path and it gives you enough time to figure it out. Is this the path I want to take or or do I I want to stay on this path? I might do it actually this Friday because we're planning on going to Watertown to do some stuff. We'll have some time. This would be a good Mm -hmm. chance to go in there. And and who knows what kind of offers they will have by then. Because, like, say, ours was a the BOGO, buy one, get one, uh, as long as you get. And I wanted unlimited data and, you know, all this other stuff. We got DirecTV because it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, If we didn't get that. And if we had to go back to our local provider for AT&T that, or for Internet, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. Because Internet's been good, but it's, we've had issues with it a time or two. It just drops dead um, once in a while. Not real often, but often enough to be annoying. Um, yeah, you have to figure out like what your trade-offs are. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you're dealing with a carrier, like when you're getting ready to do a new plan like that, I just always feel like, oh, yeah, I got to make a spreadsheet and I got to compare all the stuff. I'm like, not, how do you, how do you, you're not yeah, so anal about it? Yeah, no, not so much. I, I'm more of the trust my luck, which would probably drive you insane. Uh, yeah. But sometimes <laughs> I just, you know, you just go with, you know, sometimes uh, this just seems right. And uh-huh. you know, sometimes yeah. it's it is, but you know, I just I kind of go with that 
principle uh, and work work it that way, uh, which would kind of as a kind of a, as a bad segue, trusting your feelings sometimes. Because uh, I I put on the list here, I finally get to play with CarPlay. Yeah, because we uh, I bought a new car. Um, you did? Yes. Because your wife just got one, and now you got one too. Yes, yes. So <gasps> she got the Toyota Highlander. I yeah. got the uh, Toyota Rav Four. Uh, oh. And this has got CarPlay in it. So ours is kind of. We start comparing the two. Well, yours has got this, but mine doesn't have that. No. So she's got a power lift gate. I got to be a caveman, open it by hand. But I got a sunroof. Oh my sun god! Roof. I know. Oh, terrible. I know. I got a sunroof though, so we can like have a little sunlight come in when we're driving. But mine's got uh, more of a few of the technological bells and whistles, and one of them is CarPlay. And so I we just picked it up yesterday, so I haven't had a lot of time to play. It still with it. smells brand new. Yeah, that nice it carcinogen is. working for you. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it was in the showroom. Uh, it was a, one that they had in the showroom, so it hasn't been outside that much. So the paint is all pretty and hasn't gotten rained on and all that crap. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, but I did go out and play with it a little bit. Now, the one thing that I consider a slight frustration with it is that to use CarPlay, you have to plug in to your lightning port because i do like my uh the the chi charging where you just set it on there and it charges and i had a holder that you put it in the holder and it would charge you wouldn't have to plug it in but if you want to use carplay you have to plug in the lightning cable because of data throughput and that oh, kind of stuff you can't charge at the same no, time no you can charge Oh, okay. But I just kind of like the. Being oh, you able were to like you were over the wires already. <laughs> yeah, the wireless charging stuff. Yeah, so uh, that so you know when we like when we go to Watertown for our shopping excursion each weekend, going there I'll probably plug it in. But when we once we start driving around, getting in and out of the car, it'll be connecting through Bluetooth, and so in town I probably I won't be able to use CarPlay because, like I say, you're in and out. You're not going to want to plug your phone in every time you get in and out of the car when you're doing trips like that. Uh, so like I said, that's a minor frustration with it. But I did plug Is that in. CarPlay in general? I've never had CarPlay. Is um, that CarPlay in general? Or is mostly. that this specific model where you have to plug I, it in? I looked it up, and there are some where they might be working on it. But right now, it seems like it's kind of a requirement. I couldn't find a way around that uh, oh. so and i did notice too and I, it it makes sense the sound uh sounds better going through a physical cable as opposed to going over bluetooth interesting so you know there's pluses and minuses bluetooth is handy you jump in it connects to the car you take off you play your music but you does it tell you is there an audio is there like a lady that comes on and says bluetooth connected uh no it just kind of uh it just happens there's no yeah that's no the way signal. my car is. It just, yeah. just there's shows no up. indicator that lets you know visual or audio that lets you know it's connected. Um, Mine does. Yeah, I think if you I bring have a up little the screen, phone. yeah, oh, there's okay. a little phone button at the bottom of the big HUD. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's something I'd be looking and, for. Like some. And kind over of on the right hand side, you know, it's got like um, radio, media, navigation, so on, climate, so on and so forth. And on the very far right side, it says phone. And when you see the lights all, when you see like all the bars light up and then a Bluetooth signal on it, mm-hmm. then you know that you're all connected. Yeah. Um, it takes maybe a minute. Yeah. yeah and with mine, I think um, you go, there's several uh, places where you can get it. I think one is, um, and I'm trying to remember here, I think if you go into the music 
it will list AM, FM, and then it'll have sources. Bluetooth will be one. You can also plug USB devices in and play mm-hmm. music off of them. So you Is go it Toyota in there. what? RAV4. RAV4. Yes. Uh, X- Are you guys loyal Toyota fans? Well, Deb had you always a, had Toyotas. Deb had a, a Toyota Sienna van for about fourteen years, and it was a good van and trustworthy and everything. And then she got the Highlander, and you know we liked that. And I looked at the Rav Four, and because I had an Equin- Chevy Equinox before that, and so uh-huh. the dealer sells uh, Toyota and Chevy and GMC. Well, I went over and looked hmm. at reasonably similar Equinoxes, and they were like. Three to four thousand dollars more for the uh, Rav Four, and Rav Four kind of scratched most of my, you know, itches when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, I'm looking at the Toyota site right now to see what it looks like. What color did you get? Um, It is. I'm going to click on the color as soon as you tell me. (laughs) uh, Pearl ruby. What was it? It's three uh, three names. I thought it oh, sounded like... Ruby Flare Pearl. That's it. That's oh, it. that's kinda sounds nice. Like, kind of sounds like word salad. But, um, oh, that's pretty. Yeah, and I'm not usually a red person, but yeah. they had two cars. The other was kind of a silver, and I kind of went, eh, yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't do it. The other one... See, out here, you have to get like silver or white. Everything yeah. is silver or white. It's so boring, and I would love to have a color, but I can see why, yeah. because and, the dirt just shows up on everything. And so Deb's car is, uh, and I hate the name of the, the color that they gave it. It's Oula La Rouge <laughs> something else. It, it, I, that name just sounds so frou-frou. And, you know, it's Try to so go with Blueprint. What? You're, Mike, There's yours is Ruby, Ruby Flare Pearl? Yes. That's the same color as my car. Okay. Really? It doesn't have what the do same have? name. I have a Chrysler Pacifica. Okay. Oh, interesting. But it's the same color, but it, it's just not oh. called that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I don't nice. know what it's called, actually, but it's the same color. Yeah. And so, like I said, I was experimenting with it yesterday. And the, the car play, it's kind of like a, having a, you know your uh, phone screen on your display dash. Um, and so you can swipe through there, and whatever apps support CarPlay will be on Ooh, I'm there. looking at the picture. There's uh, On the website, if you go to the toyota.com website and look up the RAV4, okay. there's a tech and, con- tech and connectivity area, and it shows pictures of it in action. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, not all apps are supported, but I was surprised. It did have um, all my music apps, so that would be Spotify, Pandora, Google, YouTube Music is on there. Um, let's see. It supports Google Maps uh, along with Apple Maps. Uh, Downcast and Apple's nice. podcast uh, play. Wow. Um, hmm. The uh, Audible app. And then uh, for our library where we can check out books online, The it's called the Libby app. That's on mm-hmm. there. So if I yeah, ever yeah, wanted. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So uh, audiobooks. Yeah, uh, audiobooks, nice. podcasts. So I mean, it's got all the uh, the stuff on there, um, and then I also I'm I'm scrolling through the, uh, the the menus like a good geek should. I go in and see what options are, and I find that it you can turn it into a uh, a hotspot. So mm-hmm. if you have somebody mm-hmm. in your vehicle that wants to hook up to the internet. You just have them, you create, it's like uh, your, your router. You give it a, a name yeah. and a password, 
And then just like if, your phone, because you can see LTE on the dash. Right. Yeah. So, um, let's see. You said the uh, you go into where features. I'm at the RAV4 thing here. Yes, features oh, and then tech, tech and connectivity. Okay. Yeah. So I got the Entune three uh, uh, yeah. package. And so I think that's what gives you the uh, CarPlay. But, yeah, so, yeah, if you look at that there, the Apple CarPlay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a, you know, an app on your phone. Mine looks a lot like that, actually, because um, it's got a lot of the same apps on there, your messages. Uh, so you can dictate a message. I should have maybe did that, uh, dictate a message I, to you guys yesterday. Yeah, that would be my the one big test because that's the one thing that I do hate about I'm, my car is very old school. You know, it's 16 years old, so I have to use a little pluggy-do thing. And the thing I hate about it is, like, where it's located is, you know, the cigarette lighter is where it's plugged in. And it's down below, like, on the right lower beside where I shift because it's a manual. It's a stick shift car. And so that's where the microphone is. So, like, my voice has to travel down into it. And it just butchers everything. So where is the microphone on this thing? Uh, They're in the steering wheel. Is it? Oh, that's a At least in my car. I, I didn't really look. I forgot to look because with the Equinox, it was above the above your head. But the steering wheel would make more sense. Because um, I know I have controls in my steering wheel to change the music, change the volume, yeah. change the station, change like forward, sure. uh, fast forward thirty seconds if I'm listening to a podcast, and then also answer a call and hang up on a call. Yeah, I've got. Uh, yeah, mine is. And then the the other thing that I liked about it that uh, scratched my itch that uh, one of the difference between Deb and mine. Now, with the Equinox in the center of your dash there, in between your, your regular speedometer and your tachometer there, there was this gauge that would give you a digital uh, mile-per-hour readout, which is what I like. Because, first of all, it's straight ahead. And, second of all, you don't have to sit there and read a damn dial. It's just digital. It mm-hmm. gives you the answer. Um, and hers won't do that. The only time it'll give her the mileage, uh, not the, the speed, is when you uh, put it into cruise control, and then it'll tell you what the speed is. Otherwise, it won't. Mine is a digital speedometer all the time. But then they have all these other mm-hmm. geeky menus that you can scroll through, like uh, instant uh, economy, your miles per hour, trip meter. Um, you can, It's got the, um, uh, the braking, uh, all the... Um, uh, what's their term for it? So basically, it'll tell you if you start to drift over a line. Um, mm. The uh, lane, um, uh, like I said, I don't remember lane the name. Yep. yep, yep, yep. My brother has that in his Honda, yep. where if you start to go over the line, it beeps at you. Well, wow. so and, that it, to, to to make you go back. He hates it. He turned it off. But I would have uh, liked it if I had well, it in my car. I, I like it because I I call it uh, dad mode, uh, not, <laughs> not because of me, but because of my dad, because he was a, a farmer. So he'd be driving down the road and he'd be looking off to the side there. You guys can't see me. I'm pointing here. But anyway, he'd be driving out. He'd be looking off to the side. What's that guy? Why, why was he farming like that? So as he's drifting towards the ditch, because he's over there <laughs> looking. So, you know, that would be nice. And I found out, and I, I'm uh, the... Um, Jury is out on this feature yet because I noticed it when I'm driving home because it felt like my wheel was turning on its own. Oh, uh-huh. and so I've realized that it will try to keep you in between the lanes. Now, like I say, mm. I'm trying to decide how I feel about it because it felt like it was keeping me a little too close to the center. I like a little space when I'm passing cars. I want more than a sheet of paper's uh, width between cars when I pass them. So I don't know how I feel about it. But that is kind of an interesting idea that if you do start to drift, it would move you back. Um, Hmm. But you can turn it off. There's a button on the steering wheel. You can turn that off. So that is um, 
that's kind of handy. So you can turn it on. Maybe it'd be handy for, like, say, a new driver. Yeah, or like I say, uh, or, you know, I also have this thing. I get drowsy when I'm driving sometimes. So to keep me from going in the ditch, you know, I should, you know, pull mm-hmm. over whenever possible. But, yeah, you know, that would be handy. The other nice thing it has is... is um, uh, the radar, so if you uh, you set, have your cruise control set and you come up behind a slower vehicle, it will slow you down uh, mm. and match the other vehicle's speed. So you don't always mm-hmm. have to be, you know, messing with the, the cruise control, turning it on or off or whatever. Yeah, that drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, and uh, out here that's not so bad, but still that's a nice feature. Uh, I'm trying what's, to the, th- what's the fastest, uh, what's your speed limit out there? Uh, 80 miles an hour on the interstate. 80? Oh, 80. wow. I thought, yes. I thought we were fancy with our 75. <laughs> oh, we're, no. six, we're, we're only 65. Yeah, no, uh-huh. we're... yeah. In Pennsylvania, it might be 65 now, but I know it's always been 55. And I just remember like my husband complaining, like, oh, my God, you can only go 55 here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, six, 65 is my city driving. I have yeah. a lead foot. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I, on the interstate, I'll keep it about 80, maybe 81, because I figure, okay, they were good enough. Raise it up to the speed. Let's just keep it there, not piss people off. and just. I actually yeah. don't. Yeah, because I have kids in the car all the time. Sure. So I usually, when the kids are in the car, I don't go that fast. Like, I'll usually go in the other lane. But I don't know about you guys, but I hear, and I'll, there's a whole other rant for another time, but we have the move-over law. I don't know if you guys have that. Oh, yeah. But if you're somebody's that's along really the frustrating. Road. Yeah, yeah, you're so not supposed to drive in the left lane. You're supposed to use it to pass and then move over. Oh, that. Well, no, no, no. This is if, if someone is, and quite frequently it happens, if a cop has someone pulled over yep. or mm-hmm. if someone, yeah, if there is a car that is in, like, the pulled over on the right shoulder, yes, you have to get over. Yes, and it's really I know I understand that it's for safety reasons, but it's really annoying. And you get a lot of people get pulled over because you can't get over. I mean, I guess if they see that you tried to get over or that there just was no way that you could get over, then they're not going to like try to stop you. But if there's any kind of space, if you could have gotten your ass over, then you should get your ass over because you'll get you'll get ticketed. Same exact here. They don't um, they don't do anything if you can't move over. But as long as you just slow down as you're passing. No, nope, I get nailed for slowing down. Yeah. As okay. long as you're slowing down because there's no way, because no one will let you over. Yeah. But see, usually have- around here, people are pretty good. If they see that there's a cop up ahead pulling someone over mm-hmm. and you're in the third lane and you're trying to move into the middle, they'll slow down and let you. Because those cars normally will go back into the right lane well, mm. once they've passed it. I think it's because it's only passed recently, like within the last like five or six years, I guess people are just not, they're not letting you over. So that, for that reason, that's why I hate even having to be on the highway where, where in the sections where it is 75, because with the kids in the car and my old car and how hot it is, I don't want to go that fast. I mean, my, I'm already risking the engine overheating by being out in that time of day anyway. And I really don't want to have to go that fast. So I do want to be in the right lane to be the slow poke so that I'm not pissing people off. And then you're more likely to have to be always getting over. So it's just, it's just well, frustrating. I think part of the thing is here though, too, is uh, you guys are, are in urban settings. We're, yeah, we're in rural settings adjusted. out here, the big wide open areas. So, you know, it's not very often. I mean, we see cops out or highway patrolmen out there once in a while. And, Cause our thing is, well, we can be kind of assholes once in a while. It's like, you know, we're breaking the speed limit uh, or, you know, somebody will pass <laughs> us and we're going, we're not breaking the speed limit fast enough for you guys or something. And, yeah. And yeah. so we're always, you know, where's the highway patrolman to pull these guys over or something? And you right. know, that's kind of our thing. We're, and we're going, ha ha, caught somebody, you know, when we see the red lights. Because mm-hmm. we're the people that try to mostly, 
you know, obey the laws, whatever. Um, yeah, but, it's the coastals, which is yeah. why it kind of frustrates me because I lived in the east where lots of road rage and like I had it for a while and I didn't realize I had it until I moved out here and I was like, oh, people are a lot calmer. <laughs> they actually like use turn signals and let you yield. What a concept. And that has changed over time. Oh, <laughs> They're not yes. as they used um, to be. My daughter people lives here. They come, they come to a screeching halt when they go to a stop. Like, you don't, like, are you going to stop? Are you going to oh, stop? Yeah. Are you going to, like, crash into me? Like, whereas, like, yeah, out the East Coast, you do, like, I do, like, the California roll is what they call it, where you kind of come to a stop, especially in the stick shifts. Like, oh, do I really have to downshift? <laughs> uh, <laughs> At least it, they stop, though, because when we were in Italy a few years ago, oh, stop well, signs were a suggestion. They were optional, yeah. huh? Yeah. You know, the they, lines they, stopped, were optional. they stopped at the red lights, but when it came to stop signs, oh, eh, I don't see anybody coming. <laughs> wow. And we're just, and we're all there going, oh my God. <laughs> well, nope. and my daughter lives in Sioux City, which is, uh, I suppose, about, mm, what, 200,000 people somewhere in there, uh, 150,000, let's say. And so, yeah, it's city driving there. And it's built on the side of a river, so you got hills and curves, and you get to right. the top of the hill, and there's stop signs there. Worse, you come to the stops, top of a hill, and there's a fork there. Which direction do you go? And so uh, she's gotten, I don't know if I should be proud of this, but I am. She's gotten very creative with her swearing. And I wanted to record some of it and put it on YouTube. Uh, just because the string of stuff that she rolls off, I'm going, damn girl. Um, if she were here, I would fist bump. Well, and then yeah, and yep. then I showed her, I came across something on uh, Facebook. It, it's, I think it's an Indiegogo thing that uh, you put it, it's an LED display that you can put in your back window there. And you, know, you can put like this peace sign, you can put a smiley face, but it also had a middle, a middle finger. finger. Yeah, and she's going, <laughs> damn, I want this thing. Uh, uh -huh. Because she just. Emily, if you're listening, I'm fist bumping you. <laughs> and she does once in a while because she likes to listen to us uh, while she's on the phone to drown out some of the people. So good luck with that. Because but, uh, as I'm driving, the F bombs are flying. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And we'll do that too sometimes. And we go down to Sioux Falls. Okay. So we're not quite hicks. I, at least I don't. I like think I'm more than a hick, but you get down there and that's driving that we're not necessarily used to, which would be tame probably by your comparison. But for us down there, because we've driven in Minneapolis, that is like fucking hell on wheels. Um, <laughs> and, I feel like I need to go on a road trip with your daughter just so I can cuss and like put the Navy to shame because I can't do it with my kids on the car. I think you I'm too. So, I, that so would, deprived. That would be a, that'd be a podcast right there. Uh, and Angry ladies driving cars or something. Uh, you know, That's uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, or angry women driving cars getting coffee or something like that. Women uh, drivers. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's you know, we get down there, and it's a little, fr especially if you hit 41st Street, which is the main street through Sioux Falls, at rush hour. Yeah, it's a little frustrating. You have people, you know, zipping in and out. So, But, mm. uh, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, to bring it, back around to the the car here i mean it's got the warning so uh it'll tell you uh if your blind spot um uh recognition i think is what they call it so if there's somebody in your blind spot it'll beep mm -hmm. at you so hopefully and i haven't been in an accident that was my fault for about Not 40 years so um but yeah uh you know so i it'll be interesting i want to see how this you know the car play stuff works it looks intriguing uh, and i did discover because i had a little alexa device that you plug in I suppose I set her off now. <laughs> I was going to um, say, you just screwed yourself. Yeah, I, I said the magic word. But I had one that you plugged into the cigarette lighter. And it was the same problem that you were having, Melissa, that it was it was down there in the dash uh, above the console, so I kind of had to look down and talk to it. Mm -hmm. Well, so I 
when we bought the new car, I just put it in there. It, you know, it, it hooked up automatically. But then I would say something to it. It was, you know, it was confused. It didn't know what was going on. Well, then come to find out, I think this has the uh, Echo Assistant built into it. You can install an app. And mm. so I, we can use, uh, you know, that. Or uh, we can use the, uh, as you say, the Hey Phone Lady. Uh, mm-hmm. to do things too and we'll just have to see which works but and you know we'll probably use the uh, uh echo stuff um deb likes making shopping lists so we may use that to add to the shopping list or something we'll just see so we have two uh assistants in our vehicles <laughs> so we get weird text messages from you <laughs> <laughs> buy milk damn it <laughs> excuse yeah. me <laughs> i think yeah, this so. meant for your wife <laughs> sure. uh probably so but uh with that why don't we transition over to our picks and i see what some people have here um let's uh, okay and we should i should set this up because this was my bright yes. idea since it's the fourth of July weekend, as we're recording this, we at Elisa uh, uh, asked, "What should our money range be?" And I said, "Well, being a smartass, I said, why, don't it, why doesn't it be from seven, uh, seventeen dollars to seventy-six dollars? Seventeen seventy-six. Get it, people? Anyway, so that's our price range from seventeen to seventy-six dollars that we had to work with. So uh, let's start with because uh, um, it looks like Melissa's got some interesting ones here. I brought up one, and it looks uh, it, it looks kind of cute." Well, yeah, so I put two down there just because I, I did a search. So I always I told you guys before we started recording that I always ask my family members when, when it comes time to record, like, hey, guys, what, sh- what should I pick? You know, what should I go look for? And I told them what the challenge was. It was between $17 and $76. And so my husband, being the pyro that he is, said, <laughs> why don't you look for $76 worth of fireworks? <laughs> I thought that was a really good idea. Even though we can't burn them out here. I mean, we we can't. I guess you can doesn't mean you should Uh, because things will get set on fire very easily like other things that were not intended to be lit on fire. So my search term for Amazon was fireworks and I could not come up with some actual fireworks. And because of the fact that we can't light stuff on fire without burning down the rest of Arizona here, I picked something that was the next best thing. So this is uh, so this fit within our range. It's twenty two dollars and ninety eight cents, and Honey reports that is a best deal. There's even a five percent coupon, and this is the Upstone Firework Lights LED String Lights. Why do these titles suck? Why don't I read these ahead of time? <laughs> They're string lights, okay? <laughs> They're they very have, pretty. Yeah, they look yes. like fireworks. So so I'm actually really tempted to get these. My family loves lighting and LED lights. They love all this stuff. And these are little like hangy dues that you can hang. I would probably, you know, hang them around your patio. And they look like fireworks in the light. They're little LED structures that are made to look like a fireworks burst. So they kind of have a circular design to them with a glowing center. But the outer ring is like red and white and blue. So it's very patriotic looking. So that's what I was going for. Something that was patriotic that kind of fit within that price range. So that was the first thing that I picked. They're dimmable. They have eight modes. Um, they say they're decorative hanging starburst lights for parties. So that's probably a really good descriptor. And there's two pack. So these look really, really tempting. And you can look at the pictures and see what they look like hid- hanging. And Kevin would like them too because they do show a picture of them on a Christmas tree. Yes. And I think that's really cool. Like decorate a Christmas tree with fireworks. Like how cool is that? So then you get the boast of, of both worlds, like a patriotic Christmas tree. <laughs> What could be what could be better? So I think that he'll really dig that. 
And then along, because I was doing a keyword search of fireworks, I found this other thing that just cracked me up. And it reminds me of my dad because it's a t-shirt. It's just a black t-shirt and it's got text that's red, white, and blue. And it says, fireworks director, I run, you run. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of my dad because he's a boiler technician and he always Uh said that he should have like one of those t-shirts that on the back of it would say, boiler tech, if I run, you better follow. (laughs) Because, you know, that could potentially blow stuff up. (laughs) Well, I've always wanted to get one being custodian that says, if you see me running, try to keep up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's a variation on one that uh, uh, you know I've always wanted. But yeah, that's cool. And yeah, I saw the and you know I'm I'm a guy, but I admire pretty stuff. And I saw the 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 fireworks lights here, and I'm kind of going, ooh, cool. Um, yeah, I might I might have just costed everybody twenty five bucks. You know, Maybe. we should put this. I'm going to put this on my wish list because <laughs> next week. Well, seriously, next week is Prime Week. And you never uh, know. Oh, yeah. So okay. I'm putting that right now. Yeah. I just added it to my list. Cool. If they go on sale, you can. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a gift card and you can send me them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, it's, you know, strange thing was we bought a uh, uh, some string lights. Uh, solar powered string lights to put up in our patio because we wanted we some, some yep. l- uh, mood lights. We didn't want to like light it up, but we wanted so it wasn't like completely dark or we didn't right. have these spotlights shining in there. So we bought. Yeah, we don't some. get fireflies for the. So that's yeah. the next best thing. Sure, um, we do, but I haven't seen any for a while. Um, okay, so let's go to Elisa. What is it that you have? Okay, I wanted to get a book. A, I, when I buy a reference book of any kind, I want a dead tree book, not a Kindle book, because it's something I'm going to go back to again and again. And I wanted a reference book that had the definitions or descriptions of words you hear a lot now pertaining to politics and government. That's nonpartisan. I did not want a book that said this party is good, this party is bad, or this person is good, this person is bad. I just wanted something that said, if you hear the word you know, the word gerrymandering has come up lately. You don't know what gerrymandering is? What does it mean? You know, and I don't want it to, I didn't want a definition that says, well, it's good for these people, but no, I just want, this is what gerrymandering is. Or what does it mean to be on the Ways and Means Committee? What does that mean? Or how do you, what does it mean to be a Democrat? What does it mean to be a Republican? What does uh, this particular committee in Congress do? Just you know, what is the appellate court versus the circuit court? Just things like that. What do they mean? So that when you hear these different news stories, at least you can put them in the proper context. So I put a call out to Melissa, Kevin and Mike, you know, have you heard of any book like this? And Mike came up (laughs) with the idiot's guide to us government and politics. And Melissa's Um, like, what's a book? (laughs) (laughs) So this one is on Amazon for $13 and 39 cents. And it was published in 2016. And I looked through it. It, In fact, what I'm doing is I'm borrowing some of these books from the library so I can look them over real quick to make sure this is what I want before I go and I purchase them. And this particular book, uh, U.S. Government and Politics, I'm just opening, I should have done this before. Um, This has the principles of government, then it has a section on the Constitution, another section on what federalism is, uh, the political process, um, ideology and opinion, what the different the two political parties are and their roles in the government, and then it goes into the campaigns and the election, like what is a presidential campaign versus a congressional campaign. Um, the let that has a section on the legislative branch, 
the judicial branch and then the um, executive branch, how laws are created, so on and so forth. So this is something you know, that I just think when I hear something that I don't understand, I can just pick up the book, open it up, read about it, put it back down. Then the other book well, that I was looking at. this one makes me happy because there's a Kindle edition. So but I can see, do the I, same thing and I can yes. bookmark it and I can label it and I can put notes on it. Right. But uh, when it comes to reference books, I still prefer yeah. copies. Yeah. Now, the other book, and this one I actually borrowed from the library and I like it, is called American Government 101 from the Continental Congress to the Iowa Caucus, Everything You Need to Know About U.S. Politics. And this book is $12.68. And yep. Yesterday I went and I picked it up. Nice. And it's basically, this book has things like... Um, and you got that from the, the library? Yep, I picked this up at the library. Nice. Um, the Articles of Co the Confederation, what's in the Constitution. Uh, then it talks about the American president, the congressional duties and responsibilities, the House of Representatives, the Senate, uh, goes into the Supreme Court, the responsibilities of the First Lady, the Vice President, and the Cabinet. Um the evolution of the Democratic Party, the evolution of the Republican Party, then third party candidates, lobbyists, state government, you know, things like this that you can just go in, pick it up, look at it, put it back down when you've got a question. And the people who publish this book also write other books. I scrolled down in the list. Their customers who, all, who bought this also bought Economics 101, mm -hmm. Investing 101, World History, U.S. History 101, Stock Market 101, because that's yeah. totally... I don't have any money in the stock market, so I don't understand it, but someday I might like to. Now, if you see the frequently bought together, it says American government, what you should know about politics, but don't. I do have that book. I picked it up at the library. And this one I don't really care for as much because this one is, I mean, it does say it's nonpartisan. Um, but this one basically has stories about a few different issues like mm -hmm. the elections, the economy, healthcare, energy, the environment. Civil liberties, culture wars, homeland security, education. Um, it's those are is, like topics. Whereas you kind of want to know. Yeah, where this for some people this might be an interesting read, but it's not the reference book that I'm reference. looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas another book they have here is the Everything Government American Government book, and that has the same idea. Get to a that, glossary. That will get be out. coming. Yep, that will be coming this week from the library, nice. uh, the Everything Government book. So once I pick that book up, and if that one has additional information from the Government 101 book, then next week, hopefully, Amazon will be having sales on books. Wow. Or I'm going like, to go look you know, at my library and see like you know, $5 off. Yeah, $5. Sometimes they have $5 off at 20 Then I can say, okay, hit the buy button. Nice. So that's what I want. Just like I said, I want nonpartisan. I don't want anything that's criticizing one group of people over another. That's not what it's about. I just want to learn what the what what is it, the facts, what do things mean, and mm -hmm. then make my own decision from what I hear. Yeah, they look, these look like really good picks. They, they look like like you could really understand them. Yeah, because you, said, you, hear, you hear these things all the time that'll say such and such a case is being argued in front of the Ninth District Court and the Vice Circuit Court. Yeah. Well, what does that mean, the Circuit Court? What kind of cases go in front of the Circuit Court? You know, what what goes to the appellate court? What goes to the magistrate? You know, what, what do these mean? So I can understand, oh, okay, now I know why it's going to the Circuit Court as why opposed to the appellate so court. Why does it take so freaking long? Yeah. And I'm not going to claim that I was really smart. I just Googled this, and I I think my keywords uh, – I, I texted it to you guys. I can't remember what it was, but basically I think uh, government terms book or U.S. government 
terms book, something like that. And it was that idiot's guide. You know, usually the idiot's guide, they keep it simple and uh, plain, you know, language. So uh, that popped up. I went, mm, that looks good. And then you tried it out. You you, uh, you looked at it, and it seemed to work. So, uh, But, yeah, I'm not going to claim that I wouldn't, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, cleric or. And then know. it brought me to these yes. other books. Yeah. And some of them I was able to look inside yeah. and go, nope, that's not what I wanted. Or I'd look at the description and go, nope, that's not it. And the funny thing is, when I went to the libraries, I have I have a card in two different libraries, two different. Um, they, they're like regional, you know, they might have like 10 or 11 libraries in a region. So I have cards from two different regions. And when I put some of these books in, they go, nope, don't have them. I'm like, mm. really? In a library? You don't have. You don't have these, like, like out of the 30 or so libraries that are being wow. searched, none of you have some of these books. Hmm. It's amazing. So okay. I'm surprised. So there, uh, there's our, um, you know, our, our civic. Uh, yep, uh, you, our civic the, duty. Civic duty. You've done that. <laughs> so moving on to my pick, I feel kind of like a. You know, uh, schmuck, because um, uh, Melissa had fireworks and you had all sort of uh, civic stuff, and I've got a phone holder, uh, <laughs> which has to do with my my car, because uh, the one I had, you know, it's a suction cup, and I don't know where I don't want to put it in my dash. Uh, first world problems, but anyway, so I decided to uh, go out and I found this uh, live stream ball head clamping phone mount system. So uh, it's a uh, like a big clamp, so you can clamp it onto a table. I'm thinking maybe clamping it onto the um, the edge of my um, um, uh, the um, in front of the console. There's there's a little cubby hole that I could maybe clamp it to the so wall. It won't there. be out like in the sun. I mean, you don't right. have to worry about as much. But yeah. yeah, that's always my big criteria: is like keep my phone out of the sun. Because the one I in the Equinox, I had it on the dash, and yeah, the phone was getting a little hot. I noticed when I was coming home Friday from Watertown, and. Um, and I tried turning the defrost on to blow air. So, but yeah. Anyway, so I found this one. It is um, um, uh, eighteen ninety nine. But and the nice thing is, uh, you can disconnect it, and you can hook your DSLR or anything with a, a D, um, DSL hookup or whatever you want the uh, the the threaded hookup. Uh, nice. So you can put it on there. So if you wanted to clamp this to a table and put your camera in there. You could if you want. So it's it's versatile. You can use it for your phone. It'll uh, they show it clamping it to a table, uh, to a tripod if you're doing something. So it's got uh, several uses. And so I saw that and went, well, that's kind of kind of cool, kind of interesting. I don't know because, um, like I say, with CarPlay, all I have to do now is plug it in th- and throw it in the little cubby holder. But it would be kind of nice to have a stand for it. I'm still figuring that one out. But like I say, mine is sort of. Uh, pales in comparison next to the ones that you guys picked out, but uh, this isn't a competition. But you guys win. Uh, <laughs> so, well, you stimulated the economy <laughs> a little more than we did. So, well, yeah, okay, yeah, there we, go. yeah, okay. I did my civic duty. I stimulated the economy. <laughs> there you go. It yep. won't get me thrown in jail, will it? Oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> this is. I was looking to see. I was going to try to like like help you out here. I wanted to see if it was like made in the USA. I mean, it's probably made in China, probably. but it's being sold in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> Well, there you go. Okay, so that's kind of awesome. But uh, so I, I think with that we'll kind of wrap up this episode of Geekiest Show Ever. Um, and as we always do when we wrap it up, I will first of all make sure I have my outro handy here, so I don't have to stumble later. <laughs> but uh, so why don't uh, uh, Melissa? Why don't you tell people where you can be found on the uh, internet? I can be found online all over at the Mac Mommy, or you can go to my website, themacmommy.com. And uh, Elisa, where can people find you? On Twitter, it's at Sensei Die, 
or you can go to threegeekyladies.com with the number three spelled out, which is the other podcast I do with Suze Gilbert and Vicki Stokes. And if you want to find out more about me, I'm on Twitter as DSC Chipman, and I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And if you want to find out more about the show, head over to geekiestshowever.com. Reviews and comments on iTunes are always welcome, and we thank everyone who does that. We hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have, and don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek. I'm Bart Pushatz, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.